Hey guys, I'm David. In this episode, Bryce Marshall and I talk about not being as good as we think we are, an epic fail in China, and consumption versus creation. Here we go. This started because we wanted something that didn't exist for us. Scheduled space to speak freely about our struggles, secrets, and successes. We wanted to challenge ourselves, hold each other accountable, and help each other grow. We don't always know what we're talking about, but that's kind of the point. Instead, we believe honest, open, vulnerable conversations move us toward deep connection and meaning. We invite you to join us, listening in and creating your own conversations with your friends. Welcome to Cucumber Talks. Hey everybody, welcome to the show. If you're a first time listener to Cucumber Talks, here's how this goes. First, we each provide a quick update on the thing we've been working on over the week. Next, each of us has time to share something that's been on our mind recently and get feedback on it. Then we wrap up by sharing the things we're going to be working on in the upcoming week. So guys, let's, uh, let's talk about what, we, what we've done this week. Marshall, give us an update on your, your novel. Yeah, let me be depressing right from the beginning here. So I don't have a novel up on Amazon. I don't even no, have a listing up on Amazon. No listing? No listing. And last night, I almost was like, I'm just going to stay up all night and do it. And then I didn't. Um, no, I, I worked on some stuff for it. What I realized <laughs> is that I, so I started getting into, you know, I just, jump on Amazon and like, all right, this isn't going to be hard. I'm going to knock this out like day one and then I'll work on all the other stuff. Well, I can't really do that. Like I can, I could just put it up there and have like a fake listing and a fake category, but I really needed to start with the categories. And there was the, like the, the back cover stuff that I had to do. And there's just a whole bunch of other stuff that I was like, well, I have the story, but the actual thing isn't finished yet as far as being able to get to that point to put it on on a listing. So I did some work on the other, on the other piece. I should be in a pretty good spot to be able to get it up this week. Um, but it was, it was pretty interesting. I got into like, there's a whole slew of pandemic novels and a whole slew of people doing exactly what I was trying to do, like with the name and everything. So it's kind of, it's kind of like, oh, well, these guys were successful or these guys weren't or whatever. So it's interesting to see, but totally didn't get it up as a listing. But it sounds like you made some progress. I did. It wasn't as much as I, as much as I wanted. I, I didn't plan on the fact that I was just some other stuff going on. We, my, my son's birthday was this week. So we were working on, he had the birthday and then we were prepping for his parties, which are today. And uh, just some other stuff going on at work that, that turned into excuses that I could, that I could use, but they, uh, I didn't realize what all I was getting myself into. And that's what I'm, that's what I kind of worked on now is like making a punch list of, okay, here are the 14 things that I need to do in order to get to this point. Cause in the beginning I thought I'm just going to get on here and in an hour and a half, it'll be on here. And that wasn't exactly, I mean, I could have, I could have just put it up there, but then I would have had to just go back and, and redo the stuff. And I don't know. I was like, I, was, I don't know if that's really, I don't know if that counts. Mm. Are you doing the cover art yourself? Yeah, I've I've got that. Um, for better or for worse. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a completely different skill set. 
definitely. It sounds like a fiver situation to me. Are you at work? How does your your um how do you handle projects? I guess that's a broad question, but can you can you take your systems that you use at work or any effective systems that you have discovered at work and kind of translate that into more personal projects like the novel? I mean, basically I'm asking, do you have any cool project management systems that I can steal from you? That would be helpful. Uh, I I have to think about that a little bit more to to see, but nothing super obvious, like the basic tactics of like write stuff down make a list of what you want to get done you know put it in a spreadsheet and make a calendar task or whatever like there's stuff like that but not a not a direct comparison that comes to mind offhand the the big one actually that i notice at work and in personal life with projects is i can get a lot done when i'm focused for a a dedicated amount of time mm. And at work, my biggest challenge is that there's just so much input. So it's a matter of either ignoring people or setting up things so that there's parameters like, hey, I'm going to be busy during this time. If it's not an emergency, can somebody else get that incoming call or that work request or something like that? And it's the same thing with, with this project or really any project. Is, you know, it's, it's like if I try to work on stuff while kids are awake, or around it that's pretty tough so i I'll, I'll get way more done in an hour or two after they go to sleep or before they wake up before work or something like that than trying to piece it together during the day it just isn't effective trying to do that I, i'm not a good parent and i'm not a good uh-huh. author or what you know <laughs> either of those neither one is neither one turns out very well so I, i'm better off separating it out so I, I got into, a, I guess, a minor disagreement with my wife this week. So I did have the opportunity to use those things that I talked about. I didn't use them. So we're off to, <laughs> we're off to a, a, a even more depressing start. <laughs> nice. I realize that a lot of our disagreements start with me feeling criticized or slighted in some way or attacked even though that's obviously not her intention but i still feel like that and then i get super defensive and when i get super defensive i can't even think straight and then it ends up just being a kind of in a bad mood for a minimum of five hours Mm. so even though lisi to her credit she used the i guess used some of the the techniques or whatever that Esther Perel was talking about. And she came and almost immediately apologized for making me feel criticized. Mm. Um, And then I was able to kind of talk through how I felt criticized. But even after that, I still felt mm, in a bad mood for like the rest of the day. What could have made that better? I don't know. That's why I'm like, why am I so sensitive? Or why can't I just bounce back from that quickly? So that's what I'm going to try to keep working on. Do you guys have like a a third person mediator or (laughs) somebody, somebody to kind of connect to this disconnect? No. And it's not, it's almost never personal issues. 
like this happened. We we were talking about something business related. Hmm. So maybe it's just me needing to not offense so easily. I don't know. Or maybe I'm insecure about myself as a a business person. I I, th- I think it must be insecurity because if she like steps on my toes just a little bit, then I start to feel insecure and defensive. The exact you know, it's all, it's always really small stuff too. It was um <laughs> we were we were working on choosing a prep center to work with. So we had two choices. I'd gotten quotes from different people and we were just weighing the pros and cons of both of them. And as we were talking through it, she was like, why are you talking so seriously? Why do you have to talk so seriously? Like your voice always changes when, <laughs> we're, when we're talking about business stuff. And immediately that triggered me like, oh, sure. like this is just how I talk or we're, we're trying to do, we're trying to get something done. This is no time for from joking and and whatnot. I don't know. I just wish I didn't get so defensive. Yeah, seems like that's one. good in certain situations, though, to be able to have that. Like you can get a lot done when you're on, you know, on so to speak. But but yeah, can mm-hmm. hinder certain situations. It seems I'm no you know psychologist. Also, I think it must be difficult living with me. And being around me all for long amounts of time, because my moods do kind of jump all over the place. Like sometimes I'll be like joking around and in a in a very fun and playful mood. And then other times I'll want to be super serious. So I guess when I switch into that super serious mode, it can kind of be jarring. Anyway, mm. I'll keep working on that. David, how'd your meditation go? Well, I don't have any good news <laughs> either. Um, so I didn't meditate at all. And <laughs> I I did the first time this morning. I tried to for like between 10 and 20 minutes, maybe. It's hard to, it's hard to like gauge time when you're just focusing on your breathing. But I, I am happy that I, kind of got out of you know the hole that I'm in to do it at least one time and uh I don't think I was just like purposefully like no I'm not gonna do it I just like completely forgot because yeah I just I'm I feel like I'm about to make a bunch of excuses but yeah I I just (laughs) forgot (laughs) and uh but it was good even I, even though it was just one time, the one thing I did notice when I was sitting there was I could feel my body temperature uh-huh. and how cold my body actually was. <laughs> I don't know if you guys have meditated. I know, Bryce, you have before. Um, but I mean, I don't, like, I don't notice stuff like that typically but maybe it's when i'm just sitting there focusing on it i had to i had to put a couple layers on because i just realized that i felt super cold and i wasn't able to to have this kind of um focus or just to let my mind unwrap a little bit and breathe i think you that it sounds like 
I mean, to be able to be present and observe your body temperature, that, that's awesome. Because if there's a point to meditation, it seems to be to bring awareness to what's happening right now instead of living in your head or your thoughts about the past or the future. Mm-hmm. So that must have been a really good feeling or interesting experience just to have those little moments of awareness. Yeah. I, well, because like my opinion of meditation uh, is that it's just, there's not one way, I, I guess, mm-hmm. for lack of better words. So I'm also looking up, you know, I'm Googling how to meditate or <laughs> like mm-hmm. what I'm trying to find out, you know, what's the right way? Is there one way? Mm-hmm. Uh, is there the best way? The top five methods of meditating, <laughs> you know, <laughs> whoever is doing their SEO work is going to get my attention. Um, <laughs> but I felt like I was getting stuck on that for the first, the first like 10 minutes of waking up before actually getting into the meditation. So I imagine that's what meditating is not about is like <laughs> finding these like strict, you know, bullet points, like first do this. And then you have to think about this immediately. And then this, it's just focus on your breathing and that's it. <laughs> do that for a long time. Like you said, there's no, Maybe there's no right or wrong way. You just have to try out lots of different ways and find out what works for you. Mm. Yeah. So I'm, I'm definitely going to be doing more of that since this last week was a, almost a total failure for me. <laughs> hey, hey, nice job doing it, though, this today. Uh-huh. You know, you get to the end of the week and it would have been easier. Or, I don't know, easier, but... Could have been easy just to come in today and be like, yeah, I didn't do it. I forgot. I'm going to do better next week. You know, like the one time today, to, you know, so nice job, like actually doing it, you know, when, when you remember that's cool. Thank you. I was thinking too, would it be helpful to text you or something like Monday? Hey, are you, did you remember? <laughs> I don't, I don't know if it, you know, just annoying. No, I just, <laughs> no, no. I mean, I, I appreciate the sentiment and I mean, that may be good. For me, I know I'm all about um, alarms. I think I have like yeah. 50 alarms on my phone for different things. <laughs> so I don't like have 50, that's impressive. I just I need to though. put in. <laughs> I just need to put in one for meditation, like five minutes after I wake up, or 10 minutes after you know after I drink some water and and you know get in a a seated position and all that. So cool. Do either of you have morning routines? I guess everybody has a morning routine, but a morning routine in the way that the self-improvement people <laughs> describe it. An intentional morning routine? Yeah, like one you repeat <laughs> every day or most days. Yeah, it's not good, but yeah, I do. Yeah, I, I had one and then, I'm, then I got away from it and I want to get back into, yeah, into something. Here. Although journaling, I've managed to journal every day for like the probably the past three or four years that's the only thing that's wow stuck. that's impressive it is even if it's just to do those three things i'm grateful for mm. and maybe that's just all i write but do you physically write or do you have a yeah i have, I have so many notebooks yeah that's pretty cool mm. Mm. 
I want to get back into the meditating and exercising every day too. Cool. Let's, uh, let's jump Sweet. into what's on our minds or what was on our minds this week or what we want to share. What do we want to share? Marshall, what do you want to share this week? Into it first. And I don't even, I don't know how to start this topic so much other than to say there are things that I, it's not that I think that I'm good at them. It's that I assume that I'm good at them, but I'm really not good at them. And I started a list and it got out of control, (laughs) but maybe one of the first ones was, uh, and it may have come up because of us talking about, you know, Amazon and so forth, but one of them was keeping my word. Hmm. I would, like, it's almost part of my identity to think that I keep my word. Separate from, like, honesty or truthfulness, but just when I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do something. But the Amazon listing was, a, was kind of one that I reflected on a little bit because I was so easily said yeah, I'm going to get this listing up this week without really thinking through, am I actually going to be able to do that? Like, what are the steps required to do that? Do I have the bandwidth this week to do that? And I knew I had these other things going on. And then there were, there were days where it came down to, is it like, can I just show up in this and have this conversation again and not have finished that? And I was like, yeah, how important is it to me that I have kept my word on that? And I'm like, well, it should be really important. Whether Even if I just said I was going to eat a Skittle this week, you, you know what I mean? It should have been really important, like really, really important. Like do everything, everything to get that done. At least that's what I believe. That's what I, that's what I say. I, that's who I think I am. But then when I look at the, the reality of it, I'm like, well, I probably do that all the time where I'm like saying, oh, yeah, I'm going to get to this by this date. And then something else comes up and I'm like, well, let me renegotiate that a little bit. I got to move things around. And I found that with, with other people, but maybe even more so with myself. And it's, you know, you talk about like starting a habit or a routine and I so easily break my word to myself or a commitment that I make, I think I make to myself and then something else comes up or something changes and I change my mind on it. But really that's just one example. It's not, it's not just keeping keeping my word it was just like one thing that I guess maybe triggered it or I noticed it on but um I don't even know there's like so many on this list (laughs) like I I think I mentioned last week or something like being a homeowner you know at one point I wanted to be a a landlord and I I guess I still not really a landlord but let's say a property owner not but I'm like looking at this thing and I'm like yeah I think I had like three thousand dollars worth of repairs to do on my own house that I like can't even keep up with. I don't know that being a landlord or a property manager or anything like that is even close to what I could do. And, and just going down the list, there's a, there's a whole bunch of them. Um, I, I think I thought I was good at school or I thought I was good at being a, you know, a manager at my job or there's all these examples. But then when you, I actually look at the evidence for it, um, it's and I don't mean it in a bad way. I actually mean it in a in a good way. Just taking more of a realistic look at who I am, because because I'm not actually depressed about it. I kind of kind of mentioned that earlier. It's 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 not like a sad thing. It's more just recognizing these things. And it quickly it started out with 
keeping my word. And then it got into maybe some details of things. But then it quickly, it quickly moved to me thinking of things like, you know, like the things that I would say are important to me, like being a husband, being a father. Like those are the things that I want to say really matter. But when was the last time I read a book about how to be a better husband or how to be a better father or how much time do I actually spend on those things? One of the things I wrote down was there's two uh, pretty important conversations that I feel like I want to have with uh, one of my kids that I haven't had for whatever reason, just the time isn't right. I haven't put it on the calendar. You know, it's kind of weird to put stuff on the calendar with your kids or it feels that way to me sometimes. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know that there's like a, a solution to it so much or, or even that I'm wanting that. I mean, I, I guess I do want some kind of, <laughs> uh, I guess I do want to get better at these things, but I, I'm not sure the the next step of of attacking that issue or, or or you know fixing that issue as much as just recognizing it as a thing and realizing how much sort of self i guess it's self deception in a way there is for me where I, where i think that i'm or i assume that yeah i'm a pretty good person or i'm a pretty good this or i'm a pretty good that and in reality i'm not but so- that, I was just going to say that that's it. That's really, I'm just kind of thinking about that a lot this week. Mm. Do you want to become more and more aware of, let's call them flaws? Yes. I think that having a more accurate understanding of, you know, who I am is, is a good thing. I don't know that I need to like dwell on them. Mm-hmm. And I also, I also don't take the approach that I should that I should always fix flaws or try to improve on weaknesses. I'm more on the side of find your strengths and double down on those. But when it's not necessarily like what I was thinking about though, is there's a difference between like a skill uh-huh. and a identity. Uh-huh. And the skill is the, is a weakness that like, I'm not good at keeping track of details or I don't know, you know, so, some, I'm not good at planning an event, uh-huh. but that that's not so much like a, an identity. I mean, it can be, I could say like, I'm a terrible planner and somebody could say I'm a planner, but something, the, the ones that seem like a bigger issue, because I guess there's, there's multiple ways to solve that problem of planning, right? You could say, well, I'm just going to have somebody else do that for me, or I'm going to get help some other way. There's ways around that. But for the things that I know that I want to be, that's where it levels up really fast to, I want to be a good husband. I want to be a good father. Those ones in particular, I'm like, well, those ones, there's not like a outsource of that. It's, it's, it's finding the right skills that make that work. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but other ones are, are maybe things that I don't care as much about. Like, um, you know, do I really, do I really care or do I really am I willing to sacrifice or, or, you know, make the changes necessary to be a good, you know, manager at the company where I work, you know, to a certain level, yes, but other things, maybe I'm, I'm just kidding myself that I, I can, can do that or, or even want to do that uh, to, to be in a certain role or whatever. So there's a lot, there's a lot to unpack with, with it all because there's so many different parts to this as I got into it 
Um, but I think I've, I've always been a fairly optimistic person and growing up, I think I was encouraged to, you know, my parents were like, I don't know if they ever said, yeah, you can be anything you want you can do whatever you, you know, but that, that you know, that there was that mentality that parents give you of being encouraging and telling you, you know, you're, you're good at stuff. And when you do well at something to congratulate you and so forth. So a lot of that was good, but it also, there are things where I'm like, oh, well, I'm, I'm not as smart as I thought I was, or I'm not as, you know, mm-hmm. uh, diligent as I thought I was, or, you know, I'm, I'm basically just a normal person. How are you measuring the, the shortcomings? How do you mm-hmm. identify that you're not living up to your values or your identity? And how do you it seems like the skills, maybe it's more tangible. You can identify when you're coming up short, being a good manager. Right. But even still, that one could be hard to identify. Sure. But with the values, like how do you say, I'm not as good of a husband as I thought I was? Well, so let me look at my list here. So I under being a husband, um, I wrote, I constantly forget things. My wife tells me, and it's probably, I've thought about this a lot because it's probably partially because of work and I, there's like just a lot of incoming stuff at work, but then I think I've trained myself to listen to things and then not remember them by listening to podcasts all the time. Cause I clearly am not remembering everything that's in a podcast but I'll listen to like a two hour podcast and maybe remember like five minutes of it. Like I'll remember general conversations, but I could listen to a whole podcast. And then if somebody asked me more about the details of it, I could be like, uh, I don't know actually. And so that then translates has translated. I think, I don't know, but I think that that's actually translated to real life where my wife will tell me something. And then like the next day she's like, yeah, I told you this yesterday. And I'm like, Oh, well, I didn't write it down. I don't know. I don't remember. And that's like terrible. That just seems like the, to me, it seems like not remembering what your wife told you. You know, once in a while that happens, you know, but it seems like that would be a critical skill to develop or skill or, you know, a critical function of being a husband. Mm. I mean, maybe. Do do you feel like, I mean, it seems like an apparent no, but do you feel like you are too hard on yourself sometimes? Yeah, I mean, I, pro- I probably am. Um, but somehow I think there's a difference between being too hard on myself and trying to get a realistic picture. Because I guess where, where it comes in too is that I often will work on something that is... I'm trying to think of a good example, but work on something that isn't as important. And then when I step back, I'm like, oh, you know, I should be working on like these major things like, you know, paying attention to my wife and remembering, you know, it doesn't have to always just be about being a husband or, or being a father. But in, instead of, in, it's like, I like sort of, feeling like I'm improving and, you know, self-improvement and getting better and helping other people and so forth. Excuse me. 
but I get, I'll get down a tangent of, I mean, maybe, maybe my Instagram account that I started is a good example. Like of all the things that I could be focusing on getting right, is it really taking a picture of my watch every morning and every night? Mm-hmm. Like that sort of makes me feel like I've done something in the day, which is cool. <laughs> I guess, yeah, you know, but, but when I, when I think about the thing that I'm, you know, the things that I'm working on, that just doesn't even seem like it makes the list at all. So you, you might say that your priorities are misaligned. Yeah. And, and I think they're misaligned because of a, of a, like a, a blindness to it Mm. where I assume because I think of myself as being a, you know, I think of myself as being a good, you know, good with my, you know, personal finances. So when there's a problem in that area, I just kind of, well, that was a one-off thing where we spent too much money last week or whatever the case may be instead of, instead of kind of recognizing like, oh no, this is actually something I'm, I'm not good at and putting a system in place to fix it or, or improve it or, you know, and and there, there's so many different things. So it's not like another, another good example or hopefully it's a good example is, is uh, health. Like I get by because I'm a, I'm a skinny guy with people basically thinking that I'm a healthy person, but I don't really actively exercise. I go walking and hiking, but I don't like go to the gym. I've been drinking soda like every day for the past like four months because we have these sodas at work now that are just (laughs) there. And that's one of those ones where I don't think about it because I think that I'm basically healthier than everybody else in the office. Mm-hmm. But in reality, if you, if I were to like lay out my diet of what I eat, I also eat out probably four or five times a week. And it's not always bad food, but it's 100% not, or, or it's, it, it's certainly not great food. It's not what I would put on the list if I were actually stepping back and saying, okay, how do I want to fuel my life? <laughs> So there's all these there's all these sort of examples that seem like big deals, but in my mind, being healthy isn't one of the things that I need to work on because I'm not a person that's not healthy. I I I'm the person that went out and tried to run a marathon without any work, and I was basically fine. I didn't make it, but I was basically like com- comparing myself to other people. I feel like oh yeah, I'm I'm fine, whatever. But in reality, it's because I I don't I don't have it built into my sort of identity that it's something that I should even not pay attention to, but that, that's all, that's, that's as close as I can get to articulating it. Cause I, I know that I want to be healthy, but it's like, I feel like I already just naturally am. So I'm good. And it's like that on a bunch of things like health, maybe being a husband, being a father, being a, you know, whatever different things. Mm. Do you think it's because mm, there's two things that come to mind. Do you think, it's that you're not following through because there's not enough, uh, there aren't consequences or there aren't immediate consequences. And relatedly, it seems hard to measure whether you're um, good at something 
I don't know, maybe I'm wrong with this, but it seems like you're measuring it arbitrarily, whether you're good. Just it's like you're picking one thing. Mm-hmm. At least with the I'm a whether you're a good husband example. Like you it seems like you're just drawing this this listening thing out from all of the skills of being a good husband. Mm-hmm. Like there's so many facets of being a good husband or a bad husband. And it's just that one that you're picking from and saying, I'm not doing this, therefore I am a bad husband mm-hmm. or not as good of a husband as I should be. When I could be wrong about, I could be totally wrong about this, but it seems like you'd see some clear signs of being a bad husband. Does that make sense? Like you would start to see consequences and maybe the consequences are long-term and you're just not seeing them now. But if you were really doing something where, to make you a bad husband, it seems like there would be some signs. Mm. Like your wife would say, you never listen to me or... <laughs> Uh, this is becoming a really big issue or I, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like there would be conflict or there would be some indicators of you being a bad husband. But if you're not getting those indicators, how are you measuring it? Does that make any sense? Yeah, well, I mean, one, she has said that. (laughs) So (laughs) we did get that indicator. I did get that indicator. The, The other thing as you're saying it that maybe would be helpful because I, on my list, I've got a couple different things of, you know, if I can find it. But, um, yeah, I mean, like, we're, we're, we're getting gifts together. And, like, I am never the gift giver in the relationship. Um, and then I'm also not a gift giver in a getting gifts for other people. So, so Christmas comes around or whatever comes around. And my wife's always the one picking everything out. And that's fine. She likes doing that. And that's not one of those ones that's like a a conflict. It's just one that I wrote down because there, well, it actually does come back to what you're saying, Bryce. There, it seems like there's sometimes stress related to that that may sort of manifest in different ways. So it's not like, it's not like my wife comes up and says, Hey, why aren't you more involved with buying gifts for our son or what, you know, whatever it is. But she then is like subtly stressed because of of that mm. and it, i don't know it doesn't have to get into all the details of, of each of each of these things but what when you were saying that it it reminded me that maybe something in each of these areas where i i feel that because the first revelation is just oh maybe i'm not as good at this as as i assume mm-hmm. i am but then once i kind of recognize that then maybe the next step is to be more objective about it because I'm just mm-hmm. going off like anecdotes. Maybe it would be a good idea to go through and be like, what are, you know, what do people generally say or experts or whoever, you know, generally say are the markers for being a good husband or what are the markers of being a good this and this and this, and then have somebody who's maybe like in this case, my wife or somebody else who's maybe third party or myself try to go in and, and, and rank on these things. Um, and I don't know what would come of that necessarily other than maybe I'm not as bad as I thought, or maybe I'm am way worse than I thought, but just the process of doing it might be helpful. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, I was jumping ahead and maybe really all you're saying is that you've become aware of these things. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think that's the big thing is. It is always yeah, weird to, awareness. to become aware of your, your perceived shortcomings. 
or just becoming mm-hmm. aware that you aren't the identity that you thought you were. Right. That's right. uh it's always a weird feeling. I've had that happen both many times in my life. Yes. Yeah. You know, especially the going from homeschooling, like leaving that bubble yeah. and then going into a, a school environment or a small high school bubble into a bigger university, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, just realizing you weren't who you thought you were. That's, <laughs> that's a, it's a lot. Yeah. Do you feel bad about that? Or are you like, yeah, like, awesome. I have something to, you know, to conquer now or mm. to work on. How is it spinning in your mind? Yeah, it's it's actually been, I think, pretty healthy in the sense that I haven't I haven't gotten to the point where I'm I've started prioritizing these you know, kind of just this conversation has been the first part where we've I've I've started thinking, okay, well, yeah, how do I sort of make a, an objective or more objective measure, third party measure, let's say, of these different things. But in general, it's been not not a sad thing or not a depressing thing by any means. It's been more just, um, I, I don't know if I have a word. It's just like, oh, I didn't, I didn't know that. I didn't realize that. Um, so I don't know. Maybe it's a mix of, oh, that's a bad thing, but oh, I'm excited because there's somewhere I can kind of work on it. What was the catalyst? Let me see. The first, I think the first one, was at least on my list the first one was th- this past uh week or or i guess it was last week but um we ended up like spending more basically just broke our our budget or our our financial planning <laughs> uh and i don't even so so this is this maybe this gets more to the heart of it too is like it it broke but then i also didn't know what it was so a mm. couple months ago we had a a couch that we bought and then it took a little bit for it to show up or actually anyway we've talked about this we got a couch so a bigger expense in our our lives and so that made sense it's like okay we're not going to have this money so we're going to move some stuff from savings and this is how it's going to go okay great But then when it happened this week where I was like, I didn't, I couldn't point to, oh, here's where we bought this stuff. And that was where maybe the light bulb was like, what did we just spend $400 on that? I didn't know we were spending $400 on like, well, there's like gas and there was this. I'm like, but we always do that. Like, why did, you know, and I still don't even know. I still, I haven't had anyway, but that was probably the part where That was probably the first part because I think of myself as being a very, um, I wouldn't say like really good with with money, like investing or stuff like that, but just in general with personal finances, like I'm a pretty thrifty person. I generally, you know, can make stuff work out, but then I'm, I'm looking and I'm like, well, if you actually look at my financial history or our, our family's financial history over the last, let's say year, there's been a lot where I haven't really known what's going on. And to the point where we've like ran out of money in a bank account that we were like, wait a minute, that's not supposed to happen. That's not where we're supposed to be. Like what happened, you know, why did this transfer over here and we have to like move money around and stuff that like, I'm not like, you know, dying over here, but 
stuff that a normal uh, financially literate person shouldn't have to do. Like you shouldn't have to get to the point where you're like, I, I spent too much money. We have to move all this money over from savings that, you know, like the juggling of bank account stuff. I'm like, wait, what? This isn't me. Um, and that was kind of, the, that was the catalyst, I think. And then it followed up immediately with the, like, what about this Amazon thing that I said that I was going to do? And then it didn't actually happen. And kind of like re- reflecting on why. And then from there, I just kind of spiraled to, to just different things. It's going to make up for the couch expense. <laughs> Once you get that on. A little side gig. I hope you, uh, at least personally, I hope you, it sounds like one thing happened the finances stuff and then it spiraled into a million different things where you're saying I'm like a terrible father and a terrible husband. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of like David said, maybe I hope you, you're not too hard on yourself and maybe that's the indicator, you know, like the financial stuff, like that's the thing you, you want to work on. And maybe that's that's it. It doesn't make you a bad husband or it doesn't make you a bad father. Or it doesn't make you bad at finances. Just like, all right, there's the indicator that I need to work on this. And then I guess in all aspects, we want to try to be preventative instead of reacting to the indicators. So hopefully the indicators don't arise. But um, hmm. yeah, I don't know. It sounds like that was the one thing. And that was the thing, you, you know, that that thing comes up, the important thing. And then it's up to you whether you run away from it and maybe running away from it looks like you going on Instagram and starting an Instagram account when you should be dealing with the finance stuff. So maybe that's a, like mm-hmm. the thing to like, becoming aware of that thing mm-hmm. and then saying like, okay, I've got to buckle down and deal with this instead of trying to escape from it. Yeah, but also think, realizing that that doesn't make you like, not a man of your word, or uh, at least to me, it doesn't mm-hmm. make you a bad person. <laughs> it's just like mm-hmm. this happened, right? I think in a in a good way. I haven't, and and maybe this is the overly optimistic part of me, but I I really don't think of it, like I haven't taken it personally. Like mm-hmm. I'm a bad person, you know. When you said that, like that, I I didn't. I don't feel that. Mm. So that's good. I think. I think it's. A, I think it's a good thing that I don't feel that sort of. Um, again, I'm not. I'm not sad or depressed about it. Mm-hmm. It's more just like a. Um, you know, I guess the other thing I, I did immediately think about, as far as solutions for fixing these things, is when I feel like I'm good at something, I don't usually have a system in place to do it the right way, because I feel like I'm good at it. I'm just going to naturally do this thing. Mm. And so when I see something that breaks that, that, that I, I feel like I'm good at, but then now I'm realizing, oh, maybe I'm not as good at that. Um, so my, my first thought on the solving that problem thing is, we'll just come up with a system so that it's easy to not mess it up or not, not to fail at that, whatever that thing is. So, you know, I don't know what it is. And now I'm just speculating on, but finances, is there some better way to set up an alert or? I don't know. That's I, I. I can't like process. Try to f- fix that problem right now. <laughs> but but in general, stuff like that, where I just need a system. Because if I don't, uh, maybe a better a better example would be the health one, where if I feel like I'm just a generally healthy person, then I'm not going out of my way to put things into my life so that I stay that way. 
But when I recognize that, hey, I'm naturally just going to do whatever I want, I've been gifted and blessed by having a, a genes or whatever that I do basically feel healthy and feel fit most of the time. But in order to keep that, it's okay to, it's okay to you know, put things into my life that will help me, help me stay that way. And, and that can kind of be the, the same across a lot of different aspects of just, it's okay, to, it's okay to get help, whether that's from other people or systems or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And instead of something like to put something in the system to not fail, put it in to succeed, you know? Mm. Spin that as a positive thing. Mm. Like you're like, oh, I'm trying not to, you know, bottom out on this, this, and this. Yeah. Right. Make it right. like right. A, a success. Yeah. That's a really good point. That yeah. goes back to Bryce's thing about standards, right? Of like, <laughs> can I just not, you know, run out of money in this account or, you know, <laughs> instead of that, like maybe we could, yeah. Mm. Sweet. Bryce? Yeah. Do you uh, have something uh, you'd like to share? I do. And I don't know why I, I have this, let's call it a need, to fill in the gaps for you guys with my life. I'm sure that's not necessary. And I'm sure 90% of it is just me wanting to get stuff out. But I want to paint the whole picture. And again, I'm sure you for you guys, it's not necessary, but I think there will be something comforting to get my entire life out there. Mm. Just for somebody, for you guys and anyone listening to this, to like have the entire picture. Mm. I think I'll feel a sense of ease after, after it's all been laid bare, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so that nothing's hidden anymore. And we're not going in chronological order for anyone keeping track, <laughs> but <laughs> uh, I'm just going on random things that come to mind. And this one is the period of my life when I lived in China. So I moved to China in 2012, fall 2012, to Beijing. And I started out working at a training center called Wall Street English. And you, you teach adults English. So the job position is like an ESL trainer. And I did that for two years working in the center as the ESL trainer. And to me, that was never good enough. You know, I started out, I got a degree in English education. So I felt like I was special in that right. But I also didn't feel like I did an internship teaching at a middle school in the U.S., and I hated every second of it, and I didn't want to be a teacher after that. So I was disappointed. You know, I just spent four years of my life in college, and now I'm 30 grand in debt to get a degree for something that I don't want to do, and I don't want to go get a master's degree because I fucked up the first time choosing my major, and now I need to choose something else. And I tried to go into the Air Force and I didn't get accepted. So was that after college? My senior year of college, I was okay. in the application process to go into okay. the, the officer program in the Air Force. And, mm. you know, the recruiter told me I was a lock and everything. And anyway, didn't get in. 
So I didn't want to teach in the U.S. and I didn't really have a plan B and I was working at Panera after I graduated. So it's just like, what can I do? I've got to do something else because, you know, my ego was big and I couldn't be working at Panera and I didn't want to teach in the U.S. So I had to do something and traveling sounded sexy. So I left and, and got the job in South Korea to start out with after college. And when I was in South Korea teaching English, there were only really two types of foreigners in South Korea, you know, the army, the military, or English teachers. So to tell somebody you were an English teacher wasn't, uh, I didn't have a problem with it. You know, I wasn't proud of it, but I wasn't ashamed of it. Does that make sense? Because everybody was either one of those two things. When I got to China, it was different. You know, there were a lot of foreigners doing different things other than teaching English and they were more prestigious. And I wanted all that to say, I I wanted something more prestigious than ESL trainer. I wanted to, I wanted to do something differently because I didn't think that was a high status position and I wanted something higher status. And I think that's what made me want to learn Mandarin because I thought if I learned Mandarin, then I could leverage that into a, a cool like corporate position. It's, you know, something sexy, something I could brag about and show off that I'm this and that job. So all that to say, I, I worked the two years, but I was, I was just thinking of it as something temporary and I could become something else while I was in China. And my time in China was my time to find something else other than being an ESL teacher. It never really happened. You know, for whatever reason, I I didn't find something else. Maybe I I don't, I'm not exactly sure what the reasons are, but probably just because I don't possess a a large skill set to get those jobs. I'm not sure. Probably just excuses. Anyway, in 2015, I applied for a job within my company to become a VVIP teacher, which sounds super stupid, but it's basically <laughs> teaching the uber rich students at their homes or at their offices. And at that point, it sounded kind of cool because at least I, I could say I wasn't just an ESL teacher. I mean, I still was just an ESL teacher, but I at least I was meeting rich people or meeting uh, famous people. And I could say I, I taught this and that celebrity or whatever. The work environment that I was in was, it was pretty toxic. There was a, you know, we were separate from the teachers at the center. So we were kind of our own, uh, what's the word? Division. And, you know, I just remember it was a big WeChat group and we were constantly communicating and it was definitely the foreign teachers versus the Chinese management. And there was a lot of talking behind people's backs and uh, just overall negativity. The foreign teachers felt like we were overworked and taken for granted and, and whatnot. And then the, the Chinese management thought that we weren't working hard enough. Anyway, it was kind of toxic and I contributed to that completely. I did that for about a year 
And then I fell into that trap. I'm not sure if you guys have read the E-Myth yet, but the book, The E-Myth Revisited. The idea is that a lot of small business owners fall into this trap of thinking that they can do the job better than the company they're working for. So they decide to start a new and better version of it. And I did exactly that. (laughs) So I tried to start my own VVIP tutoring. And it started when I had kind of gotten close with one of the students, close enough to where I confided in him my idea of starting my own tutoring company. And it went so far to where I'm not sure if manipulated is the word, but I kind of manipulated him or convinced him into I would quit my job and then go work for his company. He had a a huge company and that he could sponsor my visa. So this is just craziness. Mm. (laughs) And I, I did it. I quit the job with the expectation that he would sponsor my visa and also the expectation that I would siphon off students from within the school, within the program I was working for. And Marshall, you talk about like becoming aware of yourself. Like I am so aware now of what an asshole I was back then. And just how, like, I don't know, I was just such a, an idiot. And it all fell apart immediately. As soon as I quit my job, the guy couldn't follow through on the visa. I couldn't, mm. I lost my, my work visa within a few months, probably less than a month or two, because you have, to, you have to turn it in, or I don't know if turn it in is the right phrase, but after I quit my job, then my visa pretty much expired and he completely flaked, you know, and he immediately realized I was full of hot air because I couldn't follow through on the tutoring company and I couldn't get any other students besides him. So Mm. he realized I wasn't who I was describing myself to be. And when that fell apart, I pretty much begged, begged isn't the right word, but I asked for my job. I asked for a job back at the company (laughs) to, uh, to work in the center again, instead of going back to the VVIP program, because I just wanted a visa Mm. and money. And they were like, no, we heard about what you did. You, one of the students had reported me, obviously, like, of course, that was going to happen. I confided in the students. I thought that I could trust them and that they were my friends. Of course, that, you know, again, becoming aware of yourself. It's like you think you have this relationship with certain people, relationships with certain students. And, if, you know, that's not always the case. Usually isn't the case. Mm-hmm. The student had reported me and the company basically banned me from working with them. So that looks nice on my resume. And (laughs) then to make matters worse, all of the teachers, the foreign teachers that I thought that I was good friends with, they completely dipped, wouldn't answer any of my text messages, completely jump ship, abandoned me. Hmm. And I, you know, I felt like I'd gotten close with, really close with a couple of the guys, you know, we hung out all the time. 
outside of class, outside of work and whatever. That was a pretty low point. <laughs> I was, I didn't have a visa. I didn't have a job. I had to start, I had to go to Malaysia to get a, a Chinese tourist visa at the American embassy. So I was basically like backpacking around Malaysia for a while. And of course that sounds kind of cool, but you know, there was a lot of pressure because we had just gotten a new apartment lease and Lisi was like the only one who stuck by me and she handled everything like a complete champ. You know, she worked her ass off and made money and she covered the bills and she covered the rent and you know, she never, she never criticized me or told me how stupid I was for all of those mistakes that I had made. <laughs> um, so when I got the tourist visa, I came back to China and I could stay for two months and then I had to go somewhere else. I went to the Philippines and Taiwan and I was just border hopping and you know, our savings it was kind of dwindling. So I, I took a job at a training center that would hire me on a tourist visa. And I got, I tried to position myself somewhere close to the Hong Kong border so that I could border hop all the time. So I took the job in Guangzhou and that was close enough where I could go to Hong Kong every two months. And Lisi quit her job in Beijing and then came and moved to Guangzhou and we got married and you know, long story short, one of the students that I taught in the Guangzhou Training Center introduced us to Amazon FBA. And I won't say the rest is history, but because it definitely hasn't been a smooth journey since then. But I don't know. I'm not sure exactly why I'm telling this story other than to fill you in on how much of a douchebag I was when I was working at the training center. And then also, I guess the theme or the main takeaway I have is I didn't want to be teaching ESL in my 40s or even in my 30s. I was trying to get out of it. And it definitely didn't happen in a, a smooth way, but I guess it all happened to push me out of my comfort zone. I'm not sure. Anyway, I just wanted you guys to, to know that, that phase of my life. Yeah, Thanks for sharing that. <laughs> filling it in where did where did Lisi come into the picture did she know you when you started working at wall street or how did you yeah we met after south korea i took two months to backpack around southeast asia and we met in thailand okay just completely randomly i'm not sure i, I thought i told you guys that story yeah i'm sure i've told it before i could have but forgotten just... it i just was talking about <laughs> I always tell people it was just one of those moments where you know that you're in a simulation or something because I was just at a really random town in a really random bar and she walked in and there was like this light shining from her, <laughs> you know, it's like, as soon as she walked in, I knew hmm. like, that was the girl for me. And I, I know that sounds unbelievable, but it's just hmm. one of the, like I knew immediately like we had to like that, that our paths were crossing at this moment. And it was, this was my fate to be with her. And we traveled together for, Oh, about a week or so. And then split mm -hmm. paths. And I didn't see her again for 
another year, I moved back to the U.S. and lived back in Florida for a little while. And then I moved to New York and lived there for a little while. And then I got a job randomly in Beijing. Or I got a job when I was in New York to work in Beijing. And I think I knew that she lived in Beijing, but I was randomly assigned the job position in Beijing. It wasn't like I was intentionally, maybe subconsciously I was, I'm sure subconsciously I was, but I wasn't intentionally going out of my way to find a job in Beijing so that I could go stalk her because we hadn't stayed in touch and we weren't dating or anything for that year. But I was assigned the job in Beijing and she lived in Beijing. And we, we quickly got back together when, when I moved there. And we've been together since then. That was, that was 2012. 2012. 2012. The world didn't end. Yeah. <laughs> Your world alone ended. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've, we've had some rough patches, but yeah. Mm-hmm. No, that's awesome. I, I think I knew about you guys meeting, but the, that specific story, I think I had already moved back because you said it was 2015. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't think I heard that one, at least fully. I don't think I've ever told it to anyone. It's been one of those things I was really ashamed of or embarrassed by mm-hmm. that my, my business idea was just so ill-conceived and so, so short-sighted and so, it was just so stupid. I can't even put into words how stupid it was. But, you know, it's one of those things like everything happens for a reason. Yeah. During those times when I was just sitting at home in China because I didn't have a job and I wasn't actively looking for one for about two or three months there. So I was just kind of by myself. That's when I discovered, you know, Pat Flynn and making money online. And it all kind of at least pointed me into the direction of it's possible to make money. I was really limited in what I believed that I could do back then. I think to brag on myself a little bit, I feel like I've expanded my beliefs on what I'm capable of. Because there was definitely a phase in my life where I thought you're only going to be an English teacher the rest of your life and mm-hmm. only make about thirty or forty thousand dollars a year for the rest of your life. And if you go back to the USA, you're go you have to get a job at a high school or a middle school teaching English. That's all you're capable of. That was the language inside my head. And through all that messiness. I started realizing I had more potential that I could make more money or I could do different things or I could live a different lifestyle than I thought I could. So yeah. it reminded me of that David Goggins thing you know, where he talks about um, the cookie jar. You remember that? Mm-hmm. How he talks about uh, every time he's done something that he impressed himself with, it was a cookie that he put in the cookie jar that he could bring out later during difficult times, I think, again, not to brag on myself too much, but I think I've added some cookies to my jar <laughs> where I could be like, yeah, you did that. You, mm-hmm. uh, you got through that or you, you 
did something instead of just being an English teacher. And again, this, this isn't to say like being an ESL teacher is bad. I actually want, I want to get to the point financially where I could be an ESL teacher without like um, needing the money. I could just do it for fun because I actually enjoy it and I'm good at it. But it was also this low status thing. And I, I would judge people negatively if they were an ESL, a career ESL teacher. Mm-hmm. And that's another topic that I shouldn't be so <laughs> judgmental. Status anyway. is a huge one. Just because I, like, I, I want to do like a whole thing on that at some point because I, it sounds like you're similar to, to me or I'm similar to you in that I'm not as driven by money or, you know, maybe I am a little bit, but I, I, I definitely feel the status and the prestige. Like I'm all about that life uh, for better or for worse. What you got, David? Thanks for, thanks for listening to my, my past. It, it really served no purpose, I guess. But. <laughs> well, then mine's good to follow <laughs> about the serving no purpose. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, I guess, my uh, thing that I've been thinking about is the amount of consuming I do versus the amount of creation that I produce or make. Um, I know I wrote some things down, but I guess unless I sit down and I'm quiet or think about this, I don't realize how, how much I'm consuming, whether it's, you know, YouTube or music, um, buying random things, even something as stupid as water i think i i think i drink too much water every day (laughs) (laughs) um and i i just want to kind of proclaim this because i think it'll help keep me accountable um i need a balance i think it's probably 80 or 90 percent consumption and 10% creation, maybe not even 10%, because I was thinking about what I was saying last week about overworking or the idea of overworking, thinking that I was. And this week, nothing has really changed in terms of that. So I'm just like, all right, well, it's good that we're we're doing this because it's making me more self-aware of uh, of my habits and things that I'm not making a habit. Just something like uh, writing or doodling or drawing or, you know, creating a, a side gig. Just a place where I can produce something. Because I'm getting a bunch of, I'm consuming a bunch of media. I'm consuming a bunch of music or TV shows, but that's all I'm, that's all I'm really doing in my, in my free time. So I don't know. I just wanted to get that out there because I need to, I need to balance it out. I need to make a, make a change. And I think voicing that here will help in some way to allow me to 
shift a little bit more. That's really it. Totally relate to that one. It's a constant struggle. It's so much easier to consume because it's passive, but mm-hmm. it's so much less rewarding. Like when I look back on a week of pure consumption versus very little consumption and more production, it just never feels as good afterward. It's like it feels good in the short term, but it's harder to feel good about it long term for me anyway. Do you think it's a, do you think of it as an addiction or do you think of it as a bad habit? Mm. What's the difference or how do you think of the difference? Addictions to me are more compulsive. It's like you start to feel uh, antsy if you don't get it. You start to feel um, uncomfortable and then the uncomfortableness, is that a word? Uh, starts to get more and more severe and intense until you get the thing. So if you're addicted to sugar, it's like you you might eat a piece of uh, you might eat eat a piece of cake and then you get your your reward, and then there's a gap of time before you eat the next piece of cake. And if there's a really long gap or a longer than normal gap, you start to get angry. You start to get uncomfortable until you get the cake again and then a bad habit to me is just something that has no it doesn't get you closer to your goal and you just do it it's not as compulsive Mm. i'd say it's both i don't know if this tells you something when you said addiction and getting antsy uh for me it doesn't even get to that point because like i'm already listening to something you know like there's no so a good way to find out is could you go a couple days without it and would you start to feel uncomfortable or antsy Mm, i guess it depends well first of all by by my definition of addiction like that might not be the, the right definition of addiction yeah if i imagine it and it depends on on what specifically but let's just say youtube i would I mean, I would, but I feel like I would, I would find another outlet, you know, like um, a podcast or, you know, there's always a, there's always something else. So it's, it's like if I, I would have to completely cut out, you know, anything. Like no media Tuesdays or something like that. And then I just, (laughs) yeah, yeah. I'd probably get a lot more done for sure if I cut out, let's just say, you know, my iPad, if I just cut that, then, because I'll take that into the kitchen, I'm cooking, it's posted up somewhere off the side, I'm listening, I'm cooking, you know, bathroom, whatever. It's just like, it's an extension of my of my hand really You're a cyborg. like a phone yeah <laughs> so what about on the creative side or the production side is there anything is it more like you're trying to get away from the like you see consumption is maybe n- not something that you want as much of or is there a specific production like you mentioned writing doodling is there a specific of that that you that kind of interests you or a project um, or something. Also, can moment, I jump in and say yeah, it would be ahead. ironic to not mention 
the fact that we're creating something right now. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, that so you you are sure. you are creating a podcast, which is <laughs> more than most people are doing. Give, give yourself a little credit. Yeah. Well, I should say in addition to, um, but yeah, I writing. I don't even like writing, but I don't. I don't feel like I give myself enough time to like writing. Maybe I would like it, but um, I can't think of anything else. Drawing. I guess I'm just thinking in terms of creativity. So even if I were to take a half hour instead of consuming, I just draw or brainstorm or write something, just produce something to give myself a, a different mindset to see where that leads. Like I haven't really even taken a few steps down that path. So I want to explore that. And I think most of all, I want an outlet to inspire myself aside from the podcast. (laughs) Um, Because again, and this is an echo from last week, work is just consumes my life. So I'm trying to put myself down a, a different path. And I noticed the, there's no balance of consumption and creativity. I'm consuming everything. <laughs> so is there something, no matter how small that you've created in the, in the past that you were proud of or at least made you happy? Um, I mean, nothing really comes to mind. I've got one for you. If you can, and maybe that's yes, (laughs) yes. (laughs) My uh, my little sound box that I'm speaking into. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, there's. I'm sure there's a lot of random things like that, but nothing that I've like. I've intentionally set thirty minutes a day to just like work on. Like Marshall, you have this, you know, this thing that you're working on for Amazon. You want to, you know, put that out into the world. I I want something similar to that. Something that that requires a daily input of time to uh, to produce something, just to give me a little a little balance. Mm. So, yeah. You you. You're working remotely now and you're developing those skill sets and it seems like you're struggling with the the overwork and feeling overworked. Mm-hmm. Have you explored any maybe hobbies that could potentially turn into jobs or side gigs that could become full-time jobs that involve creation? Because to me, the ultimate goal, not the ultimate goal, but a really nice goal is to be creating something that you're proud of that earns you money and can support you full-time. That's what we're kind of working toward. Mm-hmm. You, and it, it feels nice as you get closer to it because we've created things that we're not necessarily proud of or we've sold things that we're not like excited about just to make money. Mm-hmm. And then we've also created things that we're like, oh, yes, yeah, pretty awesome. And then when they sell, an added bonus. So mm-hmm. Is there anything you can think of that gets close to that? I mean, nothing, 
Yeah, there's definitely, and that's the thing. I, at least recently, haven't given myself. I haven't set an, I haven't set aside time to truly explore that. There's a lot of things, you know, bubbling around in my mind, whether it be selling something online or buying a house and fixing it and selling it or um, stuff like that, that, like I said, I, I haven't really had time to, to work on it. So I, um, or maybe you have had time, but the consumption yeah. got in the way. Sure. Yeah. Everybody has time. Right. But even outside of work, you know, when you spread yourself thin, you're just like, go to sleep. You know? Yeah. <laughs> you just, it's like the feeling of having kids or a wife and not having any of that. <laughs> you know, like, just not that that's a bad thing, but it's just stuff that, you know, you're like, oh, I got to wake up early because I have to, I have to take care of my child or or whatever and but i don't have a child so what's my excuse <laughs> you know there's no uh nothing good produced of that so i guess maybe you guys can check in on me and and make me uh make me feel terrible for not going through with uh <laughs> with this in any in any way yeah, I can, like Bryce said in the beginning, I can definitely relate to that because I think probably more than, I want to say more than most people, but I, I sort of thrive on that, like having those projects that, well, like like Bryce, you said that you're just proud of that, like you can look back and say like, I did that. And a lot of times I don't actually like the stuff that I'm doing. I like having done them. So like writing is a good example for me. I really don't always like writing. Some days it's good and you're like, this is cool. This is a like cool flow. And other days it's, I, I hate it. And I'm like, why do I think that I'm a writer? But it's because I like having written the thing. And so, yeah, for me, I know it, I, I just end up doing like little experiments all the time, whether it's a Instagram thing. And, you know, I kind of said that that was kind of silly earlier and it certainly is, but it's one of those things where instead of consuming social media, I'm putting something out there, even if it is something really small that nobody looks at. I look, I, I look back at it over the last 15 days. And I'm like, all right, cool. I've kept up with that. You know? And maybe I'll quit after 30 days. Probably will. But I, I guess I would just encourage it. Cause if you, if you're like me in that sense, like I, I usually have no idea what's going to make me like feel good about it or, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know if it's going to be recording a little audio podcast, like, three minutes of reviewing the things that I've consumed today or, you know, I don't know, but it, but you won't know unless you try something mm -hmm. like pick something and you just know that you probably won't like the process. <laughs> <laughs> but as you get into it, you'll either like it enough at the end that it's worth it or you won't like it, but you'll know that you don't like it. And then you go to something else. It'll push me to, to explore different, mm -hmm. different things. Yeah. Thank also, you. this might be, uh, I was just going to say, we're all, we're all creating our lives, right? If we want to look at it from a more abstract way. Yeah, I think of it as like writing it and editing it. <laughs> so if you 
maybe take a step back and ask yourself what type of life you want to create. Like, what do I want my life to look like in 10 years or 20 years? Or by the time I die, what do I want to have created by then? I think sometimes it helps to look further out. Like, what would I have liked to have created by the time I, I leave this planet? <laughs> yeah. And usually I find that if I ask myself longer term questions, then I get much different answers than what do I want to create today? And if I get some interesting answers from the longer term questions, then I can start making smaller goals to work towards those. That sounds like super generic advice, I know. But. Yeah, both both ways are interesting because sometimes the longer term is overwhelming and it's like you'll never do the stupid thing of starting an Instagram and posting your watch on it if you go with your approach, Bryce. But right, if you but if you, you wouldn't. Mm, yeah, maybe you'll lose some of the spontaneity, and I, I'm but not you'll also, it. I guess, maybe focus, stay yeah. focused more on the bigger things. So, uh, kind of like what we were talking about before, trying to align everything. So, let's say your longer term mm-hmm. vision is to have a have a family and kids and grandkids and live in a certain neighborhood or something. I don't know. Then you could start taking the steps backward. Like, what do I need to do to get that? Mm -hmm. And if starting an Instagram, Marshall, this isn't to hate on your Instagram, but if the Instagram isn't going to get you closer to the long-term stuff, then what's the point? And if the Instagram will get you closer to the long-term stuff, then there is a point. And it's kind of just a way to filter out decision-making so that the stuff you're creating isn't so random. Again, it's not to say that there's only one way to live or you want to, being random isn't a good thing, but I don't know. Sometimes direction is useful. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think it's a, I think it's a both, not an either or, right? Like when you don't know what that creative thing is, David, when you're in that spot and you're, you know, you're just like, I I think I want to produce something. Whatever it is that gets you to start producing something is probably the right way. If that's the goal, just to to produce something. And then you can, then you can iterate from there. So if it's, I'm just going to do something for two days because it's a random one-off thing and that gets you to start going. Mm -hmm. Maybe that solves that issue. If it's, oh, I don't like the life that I have, or that's, that's too strong, but you know, there, there's more to, to life that, that I want to experience. And you can plot out that path and be like, well, you know, maybe doing a doodle a day will help me become a better artist. And, you know, that will, because I, I always secretly wanted to be a comic book illustrator, you know, <laughs> or whatever. But, but taking both, you can, you can take both approaches too. And if, um, it seems like where you're at to me, it seems like where you're at, the, the, the part that to, to focus on, and I say this because this is what like I've been trying to do more, you know, especially through the whole COVID-19. It's so easy just to sit at home and be with my family and watch something on TV, but to purposely try to use that time to, to, yeah, to produce something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good. I, I appreciate the uh, 
the feedback on this. It's uh, it's just like something when you speak it out, it it's like sounds like a, a therapy session that we're did you, having. <laughs> did you happen to get this? Is this random or did you get this from a YouTube video like this idea? Because I remember watching a YouTube video about uh, why people are so depressed, probably because I was feeling depressed. But the solution in the video was to create more instead of consuming more. So the more you create, the less depressed you'll feel. That was their theory. Oh. And then you- the, uh, the more you consume, the more anxiety you'll feel in the more depressed you'll feel i forget who whose youtube video it was but it was that was their their the the main idea of the video uh yeah i didn't i didn't get it from a surprising lie i didn't get it from a youtube video at least (laughs) not (laughs) consciously um i was just you know i don't even know where i got it from but right the irony of learning about this from a youtube video is yeah, yeah. Well, I know I thought of that. Like, I think I was watching YouTube the other day and I was like, how, I don't know. I was just thinking I listen to a lot of YouTube or watch a lot of YouTube and, and then I thought of consumption and, mm-hmm. and creation is, seems like the opposite. And one then and I, I Googled consumption versus creation and it was just like, Okay. And was just reading some about that and kind of helped put it together in my mind a bit. So mm. thanks to Google, I guess. <laughs> the the video's solution to people who don't know what they want to create is just to make a massive list of everything that you could create mm-hmm. and just start working down the list. And if something clicks for you, then stick with it. Or double down on it and try to make it your thing. Sweet. I wrote that down. (laughs) It's like you get better at honing which direction you want to go to. Like, don't you find that, Bryce, too? Like, where you can kind of tell, you know, like, if if you're good at something, let's say, and this is like me speaking into something that, maybe isn't accurate but let's say you're good at something on on amazon like i'm I'm thinking specifically about the shirt that you sent uh yesterday you know like where where you see something that so like you get better at knowing like i'm going to enjoy sort of making this type of a product or i'm going to enjoy uh i don't know just it's it's like anything where the more you do it the more the more intuitively you can tell the direction without necessarily knowing the the you know, the feeling that it's going to give you when you're doing it, you can just kind of intuit a little bit better as you, as you do it more. Mm. I, think, I think I find that for myself anyway. I've got the book, uh, Good to Great on my mind. I just finished reading it. And I, I, I sent you guys a picture of, you know, those circles, the three circles. Mm. And then there's all of the businesses that went from good to great. They oh, met yes. this criteria of uh, three different things. <clears throat> And now that I'm bringing them up, I can't remember the third. uh, The ones that stick out are, you ask yourself, can I be the best in the world at this? Mm -hmm. We talked about this before, Marshall. Like, yeah. Can I be the best in the world at this? And like, can I make money from this? What's the third one? I forget the third one. But Mm -hmm. the, the, the question, can I be the best in the world at this is an interesting question to me. 
because if you find an answer to it, then that's your thing, or at least go for it. Try to create it. Yeah, it's like, can, do you can want- I make the best sound boxes for? Uh, oh, the the third one is uh, what am I passionate about? Yeah, I just and that's it the, <laughs> that's the one that's less interesting to me because that's a you know. I feel not like it's been not everybody has a burning passion. I feel like it's been disproven that that's the way that it works, right? You become passionate about the things that you're good at and that that people come up to you and say, "Hey, I really appreciated that you that drawing is awesome. I want to be an artist like you." I'm all of a sudden passionate about being an artist now, whether I thought I liked the process of drawing or not. You know, I I really believe that that's the case. We we become passionate about the stuff that we get the input that makes us feel good about it you know like if we get money for that's that's people who don't have the passions though that that, that, that's what i'm saying you can't start with the passion you can't look for your passion you have to do stuff Mm. and then you become passionate about stuff you don't i don't think you can start with the passion and then go after it for for most people some people Mm. wake up and they're like i'm gonna be a guitarist and i'm passionate about it i don't know i'm not good at it i don't know what i'm gonna do but i want to be that but mm-hmm. for most people, I think it goes the other way around that you you do stuff and then you get rewarded for it, whether it's socially, economically, whatever the reward is. And then you, you, you really think that, that most people don't have it? I always feel like I I'm an outlier. I don't think we start with it. No. Really? No. I always see it as most people have this thing that if they could just do that all day, they'd be super stoked about it. Hmm. But do you, you have don't, it? You don't think that? No, do you, I, that's why I always, I felt like an outlier because I never had one right. or nothing really. Do you have one, David? I don't think so. I mean, it's a sample size of three, but <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not even close. Like there are certain things I love to do, but when somebody asks me what I want to be when I grow up, you know, I never had an answer for that. There were some kids who did, but even that I would say, well, I don't know. Maybe, maybe they are. Maybe we all three are outliers in that. But no, I, I really think that most people, or maybe this is what it is. Really, maybe it's that the people who ask that question don't have the passion, and so that's why right. they seem. It seems like everybody would be like this. But, but it, to me, looking at the world, it seems like if you went and asked most people, they could give you an answer. Like, oh, I. I'd go surfing all day or I'd play piano all day or I'd uh, play video games all day or I'd work in my shed all day or I'd fix cars all day. Uh, I'd cook all day. I'd listen to music all day. You know, I I think, I think we're weird. I I think we're the weird ones. I'd argue that that. (laughs) even the person who wants to surf all day, they didn't start out that way. They started surfing and then realized Oh, I love this. Sure. And they, well, you maybe have they were to, good at you it. You have to right? have at least, yeah, you have to have tried it and been introduced to it before. But we've been introduced right. to a lot of things and none of them were like, oh my God, this is the best. Yeah. But I've, I don't, it's an interesting question, I guess. Yeah. I feel like most people would have an answer. If money wasn't an issue, what would you do? And most people would just come up with something off the top of their head. So to me, if you ask me that, the first thing I would say is probably travel. So then create something around traveling, if that's your, if that's your answer. Mm-hmm. Do you have one, David? Like if money wasn't an issue, if I gave you a billion dollars right now, what would you want to do? 
I don't know. <laughs> I need to think about that longer. I'm not sure if the answer to that is what your passion is, but it might be close. Mm-hmm. You don't mm-hmm. have what either, Marshall? No, I, not, not if mo- that. If money was not an issue, if you didn't have to work anymore, like say you, you're not passionate about your job. I'm not sure. Maybe you are. But let's say you're not pas- super passionate about your job and what you're doing there. If money wasn't an issue, would it be like writing all day or uh, just yeah, hanging I, out with your family? I, I think I've gotten closer to what I'd, what I'd want to do. But my, my thing is that, yeah, I don't have a, a, I don't necessarily have a single activity. Like my mm. perfect day isn't a perfect day. It's not even a perfect week. It might be a perfect year. And what I mean by that is I can't like plot out a day and then be like, I want this to repeat every day the whole year or this week. I want it to work out the whole week. So my perfect year would have, I'd probably live in a couple of different countries. I'd travel around a little bit. I'd probably have a chunk where I like sit down and write a book for three months during it. I'd probably go around and talk about my book and give speeches about it or, you know, like, so it would be a, it would be a conglomeration of a number of different activities. Mm-hmm. But there you go. What does it actually? (laughs) You just you just listed like three or four very specific things. Yes, but I don't think that I knew that and then went after them. I think I started doing them and then realized it. So I mean, maybe it's maybe it's the same thing. You know, to me, it seems like it it's helpful to say that you don't start with the passion. You do stuff and then you realize that you're passionate about it as opposed to thinking, think about a passion. I guess that's my, maybe that's more my argument. You can't think your way into knowing what that is. You have to do your way into it. Maybe that's a more articulate way of saying it. I think you have to, you have to surf in order to know that surfing is your passion. You can't stand back and be like, of all the different cool things that I could do, what is it going to be? You have mm-hmm. to like have lived some, lived some life and figured it out that way. Right. All I was saying mm-hmm. was, I think we're outliers. I think most mm-hmm. people have done many things enough or have done, have done enough to discover the thing that they'd mm-hmm. like to be doing all the time and then just can't do it mm-hmm. or they put limitations on why they can't do it as mm-hmm. a full-time hobby or a full-time, sorry, full-time <laughs> source of income. Right. A full-time hobby. That's a great phrase. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Cool. What are we working on this week? I'm still working on my novel. (laughs) It's like one of those soap operas that just can't figure out how to end. (laughs) Um, One tangible thing that I will certainly commit to is making the list in pretty specific detail. Let's say down to like the hopefully half hour to hour. You know, I don't know if that's even, but making a list of the, of the steps that I need to, do to get this thing uh let's let's not say i don't know if i'm willing to commit to launching it also but let's say let's say available to where i could hit the publish button and it would be out there because i feel like sort of my problem is that i'm like okay here's where i need to be and then i get into it and i'm like oh well there's actually these 14 other steps i didn't count for Mm -hmm. or i make up 14 steps like oh i'm going to research these reviews well that's a stupid goal Cause now like, how long am I going to do that for four hours? Like, no, you know, like make a list. How many reviews am I going to look at? How many, Uh whatever's am I going to look at? How many people am I going to reach out to? How many, whatever, where does that look like in order? 
and get more concrete on that. So then it's just a matter of like executing because I thought that's where I was last week, but then I got into it. I'm like, I'm not actually, I'm not that granular yet. Mm -hmm. And my mistake was not realizing that and then making that list. I, I just tried to go through it, you know, and then I'm like two steps forward, four steps back type thing. I know we just talked about consumption, but <laughs> you didn't. You didn't. You're you're fine to eat that hot <laughs> chip or whatever. Do you know the steps? Um, one of the the greatest things about selling on Amazon is that it's so there's so many examples of the steps, how to do mm-hmm. it, and every step that you need to take. So there's no mystery to how to do it. It's just a matter of doing it the right way. Okay. I'm sure there's a million videos and some of them are probably garbage, but I'm sure you can find the, the truth sayer among <laughs> all of them. Yeah. yeah. Like who just ha- like ratio. Who has, yeah. Who has launched a, quite a few Kindle books successfully mm-hmm. and they give you all the steps. No, that's a great, that's maybe a great- that uh, comes in the form of paid course or, Usually that information is available for free, but uh, sometimes it's helpful just to see what the steps are Yeah, somebody yeah. who's done it before and yes. follow them. Yeah, that, that's where I'm at, or that's where I, I, I think that I've, I've failed. <laughs> in, really? Don't reinvent the wheel. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a great point. That, that's probably what I was thinking is like, I, like, find somebody who's done it, find a way to, because... Certainly, I don't know how to do it. And that, that's been my problem is I, I think, okay, the next step is I've got the book. Now it's in the format. And now I'm going to go ahead and upload it. Oh, by the way, I need this blurb or this description. Uh-huh. Okay, let me write that. And then I wrote that. And then I come back and I'm like, oh, but I need oh, the category. Okay, I knew I needed that. Let me go find the category. You know, and it's just like, lay it all out so I know. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's probably a Kindle ebook that has all of the steps to launching yeah. a Kindle ebook. Yeah. Mm. limited free offer or whatever you know and it's limited Kindle, Kindle unlimited yeah <laughs> which by the way gives you like a six month free trial nice what are you guys up to i've got my first spanish class today today wow today scheduled at 12 italki the guy looks super cool he lives in mexico so that's awesome that's yeah. a check get that mexican uh get the accent, accent i'm going for I've got a, I followed Benny's suggestions and prepared a little script oh, nice. so I can have some words to reference if I get completely lost. I think I know enough to communicate that I only want to speak in Spanish, in Spanish. Mm. So. Like Spanish, solamente. <laughs> oh, I didn't even know that. No, what does that no mean? No English. Solo, solamente. It's solamente only. I, yeah, just, I know solo is solo is only. Yeah, if you if you say no, they'll get it. <laughs> no English. No English. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Like it's not that hard to communicate. It's being afraid to. <laughs> that's what that was my problem. Right. That's what my main goal is: just get over the fear of using it. Yeah. And I also signed up for a conversation exchange site, so I've connected with one person. We haven't actually. We added each other on Skype. Hopefully nice. that'll turn into something. This so, so it's like Spanish and English? Like mm-hmm. you'll do half an hour in Spanish and half an hour in English or something? Yep. Cool. Huh. 
mylanguageexchange.com if you guys are interested or anyone listening is. You have to pay $6 to use their messaging system, <laughs> but hopefully that, that'll be worth it. Cool. Sweet. Yep. That's, that's what I'm going to do this week. Nice. Yeah. Um, I am going to try meditating again. <laughs> round, round two. <laughs> Just quiet time, reflection, meditation. I'm going to actually, I'm going to do it every morning for like at least 10 minutes or, or something. I should say at least once a day in the morning, yeah. every morning. I mean, that's not, that's not hard to do. I was just lazy. <laughs> well, and, and do your, uh, do your alarm thing. Like I'm a big fan of the alarm thing. I don't have 30 yeah. or whatever, like you had, but I've got <laughs> that. I mean, if you're like me, that's a big deal. It'll, you'll do it. Mm-hmm. Also meditating doesn't have to be like crossing your legs and setting a timer and sitting in a yogi position for 20 minutes. It can just mm-hmm. be, it can happen anytime. All it is is just catching, just catching yourself and becoming aware of your, your thoughts. It doesn't have to be so formal. That's what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. So even if you're going about your day and you just catch yourself for five seconds and say, what's happening right now? To me, that's meditating. If you want to set the standards lower. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll just do it every time I take a poop or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Instead of bringing your phone, instead of bringing your phone to the toilet, <laughs> you just, said multitasking, meditating, and multitasking. That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> just becoming very present of your your bowel movement. Sweet. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> that feels nice. <laughs> Meditation one hundred and one with Bryce. Awesome. Quote of the week. Uh, yeah, I got it right here. Unless somebody else. All Go right. for it. <clears throat> Sometimes you get the best light from burning a bridge, from a burning bridge. <laughs> <laughs> Mess that one up. <laughs> Sometimes you get the best light. From I like a it the other way. Bridge. <laughs> you could burn bridges and get some light. Yeah, that's very cynical. <laughs> basically the uh the message of my story earlier <laughs> i burned like 70 bridges and got mm. some lights it's good light though hey guys david here thank you for taking the time out of your day to listen in we hope you enjoyed the discussion if you have a question or comment for us give us a call at 502-632-3179 That's 502-632-3179. See you next week.